you're listening to the Brave Spaces podcast, a podcast that liberates shame and transcends fear through heart-centered connection and radical truth-telling. This is your host, Tyler Rowling. I believe that freedom is found when we lean into our vulnerability and explore the edges of discomfort so that we can grow and transform into the person we were meant to be. Join me as I interview friends, thought leaders, and multi-passionate visionaries on how they uncovered their truth and chose bravery over perfection. Let's get started. Welcome to episode four. It has been months since I invited anyone on to the show, and I just wanted to hop on here and sort of give you a glimpse into what's been happening in my life. I know on episode three, when we talked about experiencing freedom with Nina Camille, we talked about, you know, a little bit about my alcohol-free journey, but I feel like I've just dived even deeper into my relationship with substance. And whether that's with alcohol, social media, relationships, sex, cannabis, psychedelics, you know, the whole gamut and really taking inventory and inquiring, you know, what's, what's underneath it all. And I met Jenny Griffith a few months ago through the Maya Moon Women's Entrepreneur Collective And I had been following her on Instagram and seeing the work that she was doing with Ayurveda and herbalism and getting women uh, out in the garden, getting their hands in the dirt, connecting to the earth and helping them get in touch with their food and their body. And then I discovered that she also had a history of substance misuse with alcohol and stimulants. And I just was like, this is my sister. I need to reach out to her and see what she's up to. Um, and she's also a Scorpio. I'm a Scorpio moon. I was like, let's go. We're here for rebirth, death, rebirth, transformation. And that's really what life is all about is peeling back the layers to discovering the authentic truth of who we are, which is always evolving and changing. And what a blessing and gift it is to walk this path of transformation. So I reached out to her and I said, Jenny, what are you up to at Via Kali Ma? And for those of you who are familiar, Kali Ma is a goddess who represents just destruction and how destruction is a part of creation, that sometimes we have to tear down what is no longer working so that we can build anew. And this is what part of this conversation is about, is giving ourselves permission to let it fall apart, to dive into the depths to connect to the body, to discover what's really real and to be here now and how we get to let go of the external world and and substances in order to really feel. And part of that is connecting more to the body. Uh, And side note, I actually, I got to go to the garden at Via Kalima, which is a substance abuse, substance misuse recovery center for women. And for those of you that don't know, some of you do know this, I grew up with a, with a mom who was addicted to alcohol. So growing up in a home 
where there's a lot of substance misuse. Yeah, it's just very near, very near and dear to my heart. And for the longest time, I was feeling sort of averse to anything recovery related. And then I was having a conversation with a friend and they were like, and that's the exact reason why you should dive in. If you're really going to be a coach and do this work, you got to peel back all the layers. So that's been my journey the past 17 months around substance misuse and just discovering what my relationship is to that so that I can better serve women who are struggling with food in their body and realizing how it's all related and all interconnected. So I hope that you enjoy this episode with Jenny Griffith. She's just a wealth of knowledge. She's so down to earth. I love her energy. She's really walking her path and in alignment with her soul's purpose. And it's just so energizing and grounding at the same time to to be in her presence. So we talk about her recovery to substance, particularly alcohol, and then talk about cycle syncing and different herbs and foods that we can eat as women to nourish our bodies during different phases of our cycle. And, you know, part of this healing process, it's not about feeling good per se. It's about feeling more our capacity to feel more and our window of tolerance and resiliency expands and grows through mentorship and through different tools to help us navigate this human journey. So Jenny and I dive into the different cycles of being a woman, such as, you know, your luteal phase, menstruation, follicular, um, and ovulation. And I feel like in school, we're just not taught this stuff. We're taught, you know, this is, this is how you have sex. This is, these are STIs, you know, don't have sex. It's kind of that fear mongering. (laughs) And this is what a period's like. And that's pretty much it. And we're not taught the other cycles of what it is to be a woman. And so it's exciting to dive into uh, this information with Jenny, and she really gives us a nice overview of each of those cycles, as well as different herbs and foods that we can nourish our bodies with. And what's happening within food, body, and soul right now are some really exciting things. And the first is that I am going to be co-creating a three-month coaching container with two sisters of mine, Sonia and Dot. You can check them out on Instagram. We have been collaborating over the past few months to create a container called Holistic Haven. It's a three-month journey for women to discover authentic health and find freedom through healing their gut, intuitive eating, and plant-based nutrition. This is our beta program. So we're really testing it and we want women who are excited about really reclaiming their health and finding freedom to sign up to apply. We are calling in 10 to 15 women who are ready to go on this journey with us. We have weekly meetings, we have handouts and resources, and really it's about creating sacred sisterhood as well, that you're not meant to walk this healing journey alone. So you can check that out going to my website, tylerrollingrd.com to apply and find out more information. And 
I also have two spots open for private mentorship. My private mentorship is called Worthy and Nourished Woman. It's a four-month container for women leaders who are ready to overcome emotional eating and heal from negative body image. So if you're in a leadership position and you're ready to embody that next level of your authenticity and expression, but negative body image and disordered eating is standing in your way, this mentorship is for you. So go check that out. That's at my website, tylerrollingrd.com. Love you all so much. And as always, it would mean the world to me if you left a review on Apple Podcast. It literally takes one minute or less. And just share the love. If this episode spoke to your heart, please let me know. It just makes my day when I hear from you all. Sending you all so much love. Enjoy this episode with Jenny. I am so excited to invite today's guest onto the show. Jenny Griffith is an Ayurvedic practitioner, chef, permaculture designer, herbalist, and entrepreneur. Jenny finds great joy in helping others learn about their dosha and how their body and mind are made up of the five elements, earth, water, fire, air, and ether. It is her mission to share the ancient wisdom of Ayurveda with as many people as possible so they can feel lighter, brighter, and healthier than they ever have. So welcome, Jenny, to Food, Body, and Soul. Hello, hello. I'm so happy to be here. Yes. And I met Jenny a few months ago. It was at the Women's Entrepreneur Collective at Maya Moon. If you're in the San Diego area, highly recommend this meetup of just badass women who are doing dope shit in the world and creating impact and living their life on purpose. And I had kind of been stalking her a little bit on Instagram and looked at her website before actually meeting her in person. And I thought that her work was just absolutely incredible. Uh, let's go ahead and dive in as to what got you into this work. Jenny, what's your story? Mm. That could be a long conversation. Absolutely. <laughs> I feel like it's always, you know, for, for myself and for others, it's always a stepping, you know, a staircase, a spiral staircase, right? Up to these different levels of your evolution. And mine definitely has many floors already in my staircase of becoming who I am. And I would say that, yeah, that's a, that's a big question, but if I can dial it in a little bit, that. Uh, all being in the right places at the right time <laughs> have definitely guided me to where I'm at. When I say that, I mean, enrolling in courses or meeting the right person, you know, going to the volunteer day at the farm the first time five years ago was really a big turning point for me. And just like taking my very first yoga teacher training course, which I think everyone should do for themselves if you want to be a yoga teacher or not. And that was really where it all started was I got to learn about my body <laughs> through this yoga teacher training course and get to understand what is mindfulness and what is meditation. And these practices where I got to learn about my body and my breath really opened me up into these 
major realms that I work in now, which is Ayurveda and permaculture and herbalism. They're all really the same thing. <laughs> they just have different names to their lineages or philosophies or whatever. I had previously been in culinary school at the Midwest Culinary Institute. That's in Cincinnati. I'm from the Midwest. Mm -hmm. And then it was like at the yoga teacher training, I was like, wow, it's like food and yoga mixed together. <laughs> and which is, you know, food and medicine and healing and, you know, how to cook for yourself is a huge part of Ayurveda, this Vedic Indian science. So I moved all the way out here to San Diego and enrolled in Ayurvedic school. And that was just the next level of the staircase, right? Merging my passion for cooking and chefing. And then this mindful food is medicine approach, you know, it was like, oh yeah, this is where it's at. I started volunteering on a lot of farms here in San Diego, once called Wild Willow and the Ecology Center and started working with all these badass women farmers. I call them farmers. Love that. Um, and I was like, I just want to play in the dirt. <laughs> That was really where I got cracked open to the whole journey of planting the seed and then nourishing the soil, harvesting the plants, and then all the way to it being put on your plate. I was like, now this is really, <laughs> Ayurveda is great, but this is really bringing it full circle. <laughs> I think that's a big part that we're missing in the food world and, you know, holistic food and people's education on food is they don't really understand how it's grown or how to even grow it themselves. That was when I was like, I think I need to go learn about permaculture, this whole culture of upcycling and closing the waste loop. And then I just went down the rabbit hole of <laughs> herbalism. And I was like, okay, how do I show people how to grow the medicine? Like, let's, you know, great. You can buy it off Amazon or you can maybe go pluck some things in your backyard if you know what it is, or you can buy it off herbal apothecary online. But where's the magic of educating people about their bioregion and what grows here and how to turn what's around us into medicine? So helping people use their hands makes me really happy. So that kind of comes to the, to the Addiction Recovery Center. <laughs> now we're coming mm -hmm. full circle here. Um, yes. Where I work. And I'm also working at an adult behavioral center in Fallbrook now, where the patients have schizophrenia and intellectual disabilities and helping them create a educational-based nature center for their medical center, where the patients can get out and touch things and put their hands in the soil and heal through that medicine. <laughs> mm. And that's what we do at the treatment center too, is we have the women who are in subs, you know, 30 day treatment and we get them out in the garden, have them harvest and plant and put compost on the beds. And that's really, it's really something. Just circling back to Via Kalima and the work that you're doing with women and substance misuse and recovery and how your path really did come full circle and you went through recovery yourself and maybe we can touch on that a little bit and then now it's almost like that dharma of you giving back in some capacity 
and what a beautiful way to teach women how to grow their own food, get their hands in the soil and the earth. Mm. So good. Yeah. I always like to think that we're always two years ahead of someone else. Mm. You know, there's always going to be, whether you're two years or five years or 10 years ahead of someone else in some sector of your life, that you're always probably be nearby someone who you're two years ahead of them. Um, mm -hmm. And so I always had this thing in the back of my head. Um, well, it was probably for the past, probably for the past 10 years that you've probably had something like this before, where you have this little whisper in the back of your head that says, hmm, I think like one day I'm going to be sober from alcohol. I think that might be like mm -hmm. something I really want to mm -hmm. do. Mm -hmm. uh, so I had that about 10 years ago that I, I just knew that that was going to be my path, but I obviously wasn't ready at the time. Yeah. Um, and then when I, when I got this opportunity at this treatment center, I was still drinking. I would, I would have a couple glasses of wine and then show up the next day and teach the gardening class and feel really out of alignment and super out of integrity to be around these women. I don't know if any of you listening still drink or, or you still drink Tyler, but one glass of wine totally derails my nervous system. <laughs> it was at least at the end there for those past couple of years I was drinking. And, you know, I'm passing by the women in their AA meetings in the morning. And I started to see all the books that they have the women read there, which one of them was Breaking Free from Addictions from Russell Brandt. Mm. And then another one was Refuge Recovery, which is a Buddhist 12-step book. And the last one was Recovery 2.0, which was like a Kundalini version of the 12 steps. And so I was like, I'm just going to read all these. And I read all three of the books in one month. I devoted myself to it. And I was like, okay, I think I want to do the 12 steps. I want to do this in unison with me working at this incredible holistic treatment center. And I have all the support I could ever need. Even though I did my treatment a little bit different than the women do at my treatment center, because I didn't want a sponsor that told me that I couldn't do psychedelics because I felt like psychedelics were something that I wanted to incorporate in my healing. And then I sought out additional help um, from a psychedelic integration addiction recovery coach <laughs> who knew the 12 steps and she took me through the 12 steps. It took me nine months and it was the most deepest shadow work I've ever done. Deeper than any ayahuasca trip or any therapy session you could ever have. It was, and of course, this is all opinionated from me, but this was another stair call. Yeah. A big <laughs> one. To, yeah. It's a big one. I had to call everyone that I ever hurt and apologize to them. Yeah. It was so gnarly. It's like, I didn't know what I was getting myself into. <laughs> I'm a generator four, six. I don't know if you're familiar with human design. Human design, but... yeah. Two, four what? projector, splenic projector. Oh girl, no wonder we're on the phone together. <laughs> <laughs> Two peas that's, in a pod over here. That's awesome. <laughs> But I go deep with things. Usually if I'm going to do something, I usually go all the way. You're um, Scorpio, right? Yeah. 
I'm a Scorpio, yeah. October 23rd, 1987. I, I'm a Scorpio moon. I'm very similar and, you know, dive in. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I just really took advantage of this opportunity of working in treatment that I had always kind of wanted to. And it was something that really just evolved me as a human and the way I show up in the world and also kind of accompanies me with a tale to tell <laughs> and feels really in alignment with the women there. There's reasons why I stopped drinking and I'm sure we all have our own reasons, but it really changed my life for the better in so, so many ways. So I'm, I'm grateful yeah. to, to be here and mm. be doing the work that I'm doing because it feels really in alignment. And I feel really grateful that I'm not floating in the wind. I feel that from you. I feel that alignment so much in your presence and even just on this call. And when I got to drop in with you in the garden a couple mm. months ago, that was just such a valuable and meaningful experience for me. Yeah. Um, and for those of you listening and are local to San Diego, I'm not sure if you're still taking volunteers, but that was such a beautiful opportunity. And we talked about this in the garden around what brought me there. And you had kind of mentioned, you're like, I don't know if you drink still, Tyler. And I've actually been alcohol free for 17 months now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I'm at the end of November, when we're recording this podcast episode, I will be 17 months alcohol free. And Growing up with a parent who was addicted to alcohol, treatment centers and AA and 12 steps always felt cringy to me. It left a bad taste in my mouth and in my body of just like, ugh. And I was talking to a friend about that and how it leaves me feeling that way. And he was like, and that's the exact reason why you should do it. <laughs> and sort of talking about diving in and leaning into the shadow in those places that we want to run from and seeing that's really where the medicine is. And you said this nine month journey you went on of doing the 12 steps it was like more powerful than any ayahuasca ceremony or, you know, seeing therapists for years and years because to some extent talk therapy can only get you so far. So yeah. I really admire and can relate to a lot of your story. And I am glad that you're doing the work that you're doing. I think a lot of people are running around, uh, pressing a lot of things that they're not even aware of. And I was one of those people. It wasn't until I had to sit down and write out my whole entire life's inventory, which is what you do in the 12 steps. And really start to see, oh, wow, that happened when I was five. That happened when I was 11. That happened when I was 18, right? And then you start to find these resentments and these things that are still there that you go around in your daily life and something pisses you off. And it's like, you can't correlate in your brain that like, oh, that's still kind of connected to that thing that happened when you were seven. So when you do the 12 steps and you write all this down and you literally write like a book about your life and you connect everything together, 
it's really eye-opening. So once I got to do that, it felt like the chains were getting cracked off my body that had been there forever, you know? Anyway. Yeah, I mean, we could have um, a whole conversation on 12 steps, Yeah, right. right? <laughs> yeah. No, we'll so, do yeah. that for part two. Let's start, yeah. <laughs> All right, moon alignment. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And... You know, love totally the organic flow too of the conversation and releasing the pressure of totally having to be a certain way. Can segue though, for sure, as to how that correlates to this. Absolutely. (laughs) Love that. Yeah. Segue away. Segue (laughs) is, you know, the title of this is Living in Alignment with the Moon through Herbs and Self Care Practices. Actually, teach this class at the treatment center as well. And you would be amazed at how people are not attuned to their cycle or their perimenopausal or menopausal emotions at all. I would say maybe 20% of the women that I see when we talk about these things, they know what I'm talking about. The rest, the other 80%, their minds are blown when they hear this information. So I am so passionate about teaching people about this because... This information should be in our education system so women can become empowered through their womb cycle. I feel like this topic of when we talk about women empowerment and healing our relationship to our body, which is a lot of what food, body, and soul is about, is what does it mean to live an embodied and nourished life? And part of that is knowing your cycle. And I know wasn't that long ago, like literally this year, I became more knowledgeable and more in tune with my cycle. And I was astonished. I was just like, how did we not learn about this earlier on in our life? Like when we were first learning about menstruation, and what that was, and then just completely neglecting the other parts of a woman's cycle. I think diving into this topic is going to be super valuable and I will let you guide the way. Yes. I second that comment that you made about how is our society not teaching the women or the, the they's or the them's. And that's a good question because I do feel that this would involve women to take ownership and power and sovereignty over their womb and their body. And that's not something that our society wants for us. I don't think it's going to be added to the general ed curriculum, but if you take your kid to a nature school or homeschool, then you can give them this gift. You can call this cycle sinking. It's kind of a mouthful, but what that means is you are literally sinking the phases of your moon cycle with the way that you live. And when I say the way that you live, there's three ways, which is the exercise that you're doing, the kinds of food that you're eating, and the things that you say yes or no to, which is a big one. (laughs) Tyler, did you say you come from orthorexia or eating ED stuff? Yes. Yes, I do. Eating disorder and compulsive exercise, like exercise bulimic. Yeah. Me too. (laughs) And orthorexia, which is hyper-focusing on the healthy side of everything to the point where it's an obsession. And so I would hope that this way of living 
can actually get you away from that because it's actually really asking you to tune into your womb space and into what's actually happening in the moment within you, which is a big disconnect with women. So the first thing that's really important to know is when you're bleeding, which is your also called your menstruation, this is your inner winter. <laughs> so we have four seasons and when you're bleeding, this is your winter time. When you move after your period into the follicular stage, this is your springtime. And then when we ovulate, we go into our summertime. And then luteal phase is our inner fall. So that's just to give you an idea of what maybe you could be feeling like <laughs> based on those four seasons per each week of your moon cycle. So I can go through each phase a little bit deeper now. And also just side note that there's two yin weeks and there's two yang weeks. So that also can give you a good idea of that your two yin weeks are going to be resting calmer weeks. And then we have our two yang weeks, which are more active, fiery, social. So we're going to start with the bleed or the menstrual phase. And this is a yin phase. It might seem like a yang phase because <laughs> there's a <laughs> lot going on, but it's actually a yin phase. It's a time to embody yin. <laughs> Maybe that sounds a little bit better. What's actually going on inside of us is our hormones. They've dropped when we have our bleed. Um, and this is a time, like I said, to rest. This is time to take walks, time to do some yin, qigong. This is a time to chill. And hopefully you feel that it's a time to chill. But a lot of people who aren't in tune with their bodies are not chilling. <laughs> They're going. They're like, oh, I started my period. Let's go bungee jumping. <laughs> I'm just like coming up with something funny. <laughs> Yeah. Or like, oh, let's like, I don't know. I was going to say like, have really crazy sex. Not the best <laughs> idea on day one. Let's not do that. Of course, you, you know, everybody's different. So this is a time to be gentle. And with our nutrition, this is a time where you need to eat something called iron, which can be found in dark leafy greens. If you eat meat, like organ meats, this is a time where maybe you eat that one steak out of the month. Beets are really wonderful. They have lots of flavonoids in them, which can help with any inflammation in the womb, bone broth, and really hydrating yourself. So that is the menstrual phase. And herbal protocol wise, there's a herb. I'm just going to say one herb for each just for time's sake, but Lovely. it's called cramp bark. Go figure. Go figure. <laughs> It's cramp bark for cramps. <laughs> and this is a wonderful herb to drink as a tea, maybe with some cinnamon and some ginger and some orange peel. And then social. <laughs> this is a whole, it gets its own category. This is a time where we say no. <laughs> right. I mean, we don't have to say no to everything, but we get to say no more. We get to rest. We get to snuggle, go to bed early, lots of self-care and reflection I always tell my friends when I'm bleeding, I'm like, I'm getting domesticated. I'm domesticating. <laughs> I'm domesticating. 
Yeah, like I'm making soup in my house. I'm not doing anything, you know, I'm just taking care of myself. It's a good time to clean and just kind of get in a nest, a little bleed nest. And you know, in Ayurveda and India that they actually take off work. They are actually allowed to take off work. Wow, can you um, imagine? During this time to rest. And you know, that's really not a thing here in the United yeah, States. Yeah, not a thing. <laughs> that's not a thing. If you called not your boss and said, I'm on my period. <laughs> You know, they would yeah. probably roll their eyes, but maybe not if you have a badass female empowerment holistic boss. <laughs> where are you at? <laughs> yeah, where are you at? So this is the bleed. It's a very chill time. And then the next week would be our follicular. And this is what's happening in the body is the estrogen and testosterone are peaking. So I want you to imagine the hormones are going up on the chart. And this is a young week. This is when we have more energy than we were bleeding. We have this, I don't know if you can feel it, Tyler, but there's, oh, I, I literally, I like, love it. I'm like, yes, I feel light in my body. I've, I'm currently in know. my young weeks right now, like follicular Ooh. leading up to ovulation. So I am on fire, feeling so inspired and all the things. Yes. Then when I enter that yin phase of luteal and menstruation, and my bleed, it's a portal. It's very potent medicine, actually, where things have been surfacing that are just like, woo-wee. Mm -hmm. Yeah, all of a sudden we things go. are more emotional. Totally. <laughs> You're like taking a look at things differently. <laughs> yes. Well, cool. So you're in your ovulation? I'm still approaching it. Yeah. Okay. Beautiful. So this is a time where you can do the cycling, the running, the hit workout. Uh, and then nutrition, I would say that we're always going to want to incorporate dark leafy greens, but make sure that they're not super raw because they're going to be hard on your digestion. Make sure that they're maybe cooked in some grass-fed ghee, or I'm sure there's all sorts of dietary spectrum listening on here, but getting that healthy fat is really important for this, like eggs, coconut, any form of coconut, like coconut milk, coconut butter, coconut oil. <laughs> I was just mm. trying to think of all the coconut things, salmon, mm. and lots of antioxidants, anything that's purple, pink, red, blue, like blueberries, lots of berries. And then I would say that Shizandra would be my favorite herb for this follicular stage. It is also called the beauty berry mm. and has a great name. It's called the five flavor beauty berry in Chinese medicine. And this gives you this like beautiful aura, this beautiful glow, it, a tonifier. So it tightens the skin. And so it gives you this kind of beauty aura that I would highly recommend drinking while in your spicy young stage. <laughs> mm, beauty berry. <laughs> yes, beauty berry. And then socially, it's actually really interesting. The brain is actually functioning at a higher cognitive level. So maybe this would be a good week to start a project or record a know, podcast. A, a podcast. <laughs> yeah. This is a time to do things like maybe more than you normally do. Go out with friends, try new things. This is the week where you would maybe want to do the skydiving. <laughs> right. Or bungee jumping, whatever. Or bungee jumping. Maybe. You've got energy to try new things and you really want to harness that during this week. Okay, then we've got ovulation. This is another young stage. And this is where 
the egg is released into the fallopian tubes and we've got estrogen and progesterone peaking and then they drop. So this all happens within the ovulation. Have you ever felt yourself ovulate? Yeah. Have you felt your egg? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I actually get pain? cramps during my ovulation. Not like heavy cramps, but I can just feel like a little bit of cramp happening during ovulation. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. So that happens. There's only one egg. I had a student once say that she thought there was like a million eggs that were released. I was like, nope, just one. <laughs> so we have our egg that drops and this is our time where we're really getting it, hitting it hard. And maybe at the gym, you know, you're going to have similar energy levels when you're in follicular. So same kind of exercise routines. And then this week, we want to focus on detoxification through the liver. So again, every week is saturated dark leafy greens in some sort of fat or broth. And then you can do, this word's always hard for me to say, coniferous, coniferous. Cruciferous? Chris, is that it? Cruciferous? <laughs> Veggies. Like, like broccoli? Yeah, like broccoli, collie, but of course cooked well, so mm. easy to digest. And then glutathione rich foods. If you don't have autoimmune, I would suggest you can do tomato or bell pepper mm -hmm. or berries. But if you do have autoimmune, always want to stay away from the, Night the nightshades. Shades. But these can be really great during ovulation stage. And one of the herbs I would recommend is maca. Mm. which is from Peru, a major herb grown in Peru. And this is great for stamina, libido. It's overall wonderful for the women's reproductive system and men. But we're talking about women. And uh, I would say that maca would be one that I would add into my smoothie. If you have that or tea or maybe just take a supplement. And then socially, this is the time when we feel very magnetic I would say if you're single, go on dates. This is a time to get out your sexy, strappy high heels and like wear something really yeah. hot. Confidence is high. This is a time to go on interviews, speak. Like I shared, you have something in your brain that makes you feel more confident during this week. This is also a time if you are of course, trying to get pregnant. This is the time you want to have sex. Sex probably feels a lot better. I don't know about you, but for me, it's like probably 50% better. <laughs> so I love ovulating. I'm the kind of person, if I'm on the phone with my girlfriend, she's like, want to do this? And I'm like, hell yeah, I'm ovulating. But to anyone else, they'd probably be like, are you trying to get pregnant? I'm just like, no, I want to go out. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> totally. It's just a fun time to really harness your authentic self and getting out there and being you. Mm. Um, and uh, you are actually more attractive to the other sex during this time. It's like you can feel the energy and the chemistry is higher. Whether they like it or not, they can feel it. It's so wild <laughs> how that works. I know, right? I feel like my skin um, glows more when I'm ovulating. And yeah, you just get more attention. <laughs> You really do. It's like, you what is really going do. on? Yeah, it's amazing. Oh, Mother Nature I, designed I, it that way. It's totally. It's nature's will take care of everything. Mm. And one thing that I want to note too is that 
So this young week, follicular and ovulation, these two weeks, you might notice that your appetite might not be as strong. I think a lot of women get caught up and they get really hungry for like a week and they're very ravenous and they might look at that as a bad thing. But when a woman understands her moon cycle like this, she will begin to put things together like, oh, I'm mensing or I'm in luteal. No wonder I wanted to eat like everything. <laughs> sight. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and then there might be a couple of weeks where your appetite is really not that strong. And so we are these fluctuating beings when it comes to our hunger. And so these two weeks, you can actually take in 300 calories less. And of course, this is situational for each woman and her exercise and what she does during the day. I really don't think it's great at all for women to cleanse, to do like intermittent fasting 365 days a year. I think that's, we are not meant to do that. Men can do that but women are so fluctuational with their hormones that you can actually create more PMS and more problems. Does that mm -hmm. make sense? Oh yeah. And I agree completely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So these two weeks, if you start to learn about this and really become educated, you will notice, I would say start a little journal each week. That could be good. And so the last phase is the luteal. This is our yin stage before we bleed. So this is What's happening in the body is now our estrogen and testosterone is declining, but our progesterone is rising and it's rising to stimulate the growth of the uterine lining in preparation for pregnancy. Mm -hmm. And if not, then we're going to shed our lining. This is a big week. I think this is probably one of the most important weeks for one who's beginning to learn about this to take really seriously. That's because this week, of course, it matters all the weeks how you take care of yourself. But if you overdo it on this week through exercise or overworking or processed foods, that's really going to show when you have your bleed. I would say that this week's really important for the social life to say no yeah. <laughs> and to not do a CrossFit I used to be a CrossFit competitor and we would do this one workout called Murph. <laughs> I used to do CrossFit too. I didn't compete, but it was in my compulsive exercise days. And I remember Murph. I do remember that. That's crazy. Wow. It just about killed everybody who did it. They called it a gasser. Um, <laughs> so this is, this is another area where I see a lot of women not respect this phase is because they think that everything's fine. Like I can do my workouts. I can stay up a little bit later on the weekends. And I would say that this would be the week where the energy is declining. So we want to be mindful of that and opt maybe for yoga, Pilates, uh, mellow stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, that doesn't mean you can't go to a yoga class or it doesn't mean you got to be glued to your couch, but we're just not running a triathlon. And then nutrition, this is where we can actually eat more carbohydrates like sweet potato, squashes, quinoas, different rices if you eat grains. And magnesium is really important this week. So yay for us, a little bit of chocolate's got magnesium in it. Maybe this is your week to have cacao. Mm. And I also recommend a magnesium supplement that you can take this week. I take Calm. You've probably seen it. It's like a powder. Um, mm -hmm. 
but you can also take other forms. Chickpeas, walnuts, apples, these all have magnesium in them as well. And that's going to help relax the uterine lining and relax you before you bleed. And herbs, I would say, out of all these, I would say probably Tulsi, uh, because we tend to get a little bit of brain fog and confusion in this week, a little bit Mm -hmm. of sadness and depression and emotions come along with this week. I don't know about you, but I do get that. So Tulsi, and I would say I'm going to add ashwagandha in there too. I was going to say I take ashwagandha during my luteal. Yeah. Yeah. So that's going to, that's an adaptogen that's going to help with the way you react to your stress. Won't eliminate Mm -hmm. the stress, but it helps in the way that you react to your stress, whether that's if you have heart palpitations or depression, it's going to reduce those reactions. And then the Tulsi is great for cognitive functioning, like clarity of the mind. I would drink that before meditating just to kind of get super focused if you're having a hard time and avoiding caffeine this week. Of course, mm-hmm. if you have a little caffeine in your chocolate, that's okay. But I would try to get off the coffee this week and maybe do something more mellow. And then socially, this is the week again, which is our yin week. We're going to say no. We're going to snuggle. <laughs> I really like snuggling. Um, <laughs> and maybe this is the week where you go to bed at 830 <laughs> yeah. or 9 and chill. Just chill. And this is going to set you up for success. So that is cycle syncing in a nutshell. Of course, there's lots more information on that, but I think that's a really good explanation if one wanted to grasp this. Yeah. I feel like that was super succinct and really to the point and clear as to what each of the phases consist of, what is some nourishment, as well as herbs. If listeners want to find out more information and how they can check out what you're doing, potentially work with you, maybe join Wild Vedic Living School, where would they find that? Yeah, well, everybody can find me on the good old gram Mm. (laughs) at Jenny Grace Griffith. I also have two websites. (laughs) One's called wildvedicliving.com. And the other one is called JennyGraceGriffith.com. You can always reach out. And if you live in San Diego, I would say that the Wild Vedic Living Program is really the best for people who are in town because you can come to all the field trips and we can actually be together in person. It is a hybrid program, but we can just do the online. And I love to chat about this stuff. I'd be more than happy to share. I have a whole presentation on this if someone wants access to that, I'd be more than happy to give it to them if they wanted to shoot me a message. That's amazing. Jenny, thank you so, so much for showing up in the world as you do. You mentioned here that it looks like caring and not caring at the same time, and it feels absolutely amazing. I appreciate you and the work that you do and the person that you are. Go check Jenny out on Instagram or at her website, which I will include in the show notes and have a beautiful rest of your day. Thank you so much, Tyler. This is really wonderful.